Good afternoon, everybody. I just want to make sure the Zoomers are hearing me okay because we did have a few last-minute technical hitches. It's great to see you. I'm sorry we can't project the Zoom uh, people on, on screen for you at the moment. We, we've done a slight mess around with the setup here at King's Park who have been so incredibly gracious in welcoming us and just saying, make yourselves at home. So thank you very much, Stephen. Please pass on our thanks. Can we just express our thanks to King Park? Um, so uh, wonderful just um, to say we're going to have some live music today. Paul has come to play some live music. So um, again, this is a little bit of an experiment. We hope it will work for Zoom. If it doesn't, well, at least we know. This is Hillhead, after all, and Make It Up As You Go Along, I think, is our middle name. And I've just realised I, I can barely see over. I'm on a slopey lectern for the people at home, and I can barely see over it to the congregation. I should have brought my high heels or grown a few more inches. So just um, a couple of housekeeping notes. Firstly, um, as consistent with our Hillhead COVID policy, we do ask, please, that you wear a face mask unless you're exempt by age or health from doing so. Um, and just respect each other's spacing. Um, we do also keep our, our masks on to sing at the moment as well, please. And again, unless you're exempted. Um, we have asked two named people to act as photographers for us, and please only those two people. A couple of reasons for this. Firstly, um, this is quite a vulnerable thing for those who choose to be baptised. We don't want the photographs going out all over the place and them not knowing who, who's got them or where they've gone. But also, we want you to be present. We want you to enjoy this service, to feel you're part of it. And frankly, if you're busy fiddling with um, cameras and, and phones, you can't be fully present. Um, so just leave it to the two who are officially doing it. And we also want to thank Margaret and Nancy, who have prepared tea for us. I took a unilateral decision and said, Nancy, would you make us a celebration cake? Because we have to have a celebration cake when it is Hillhead Baptism. Which is, yes, of course I would. And then I walked through and there is the most amazing tea. So if you would like to stay for tea, please do. Um, at least stay to see the cake cut. Um, again, thank you, Stephen and Kings Park. We have the run of the building. So, you know, if it's too crowded in there, and it may well be for some of us, Please feel free to bring food and drink back in here or take it and stand outside. And if you're not comfortable with any of that, then that's totally fine too. We just want everybody to feel that this is a safer space as we can make it and that we are together as this amazing group of people that we are. As Stephen said, we're, we're all in the business of kingdom, business kind of in low terms. Neither of Stephen nor I really have a business view of church, but we are about God's kingdom and about what is going to Please God and honour God. So let's have a great time together. 
So just as we prepare our hearts and minds, let's just listen to some words of scripture that will be familiar, I'm sure. From the Gospel of John. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And then from the letter to the Galatian church, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek, There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ.
So we come to God with a short prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, we have gathered in this place as your people, siblings in Christ, who have experienced the blessings of your love, mercy and grace. We believe that in Christ you offer us new life, life in abundant fullness, now on earth and thereafter for all eternity. This mystery we cannot understand, but it is the hope that inspires our discipleship. We thank you that you know us and love us just as we are, and marvel that you long to transform us so that we might become all you dream for us. On this day, as we meet to share with Bethany and Nasi, as they declare their faith and follow Jesus himself through the waters of baptism, we ask that your Spirit's touch might refresh and renew each one of us, healing our inmost hurts and enthusing and energising us for our continuing journey of faith. We make our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. And now we're going to listen to some scripture, which Wendy is going to read to us on Zoom. And again, I apologise that we can't see her in the room, but we will hear her. So Wendy, if you'd like to bring us the scriptures now, thank you. Our scripture reading is from Acts 8, verses 26 to 38. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, get up and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now, there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to his chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he replied, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb, silent before its shearer. So he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, um, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this about himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, 
they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here is some water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop. And both of them, Philip and the eunuchs, went down into the water and Philip baptized him. such a long time. This is a story of two men from very different backgrounds whose journeys and stories come together for what proves to be a highly significant moment for each one of them. At the centre of the story is a baptism which may have been a lake or a river that somewhere on the journey that begins on a desert road from Jerusalem to Gaza a story that is, I think, sometimes mistakenly understood to take place in just a few minutes, when actually it must have taken several hours and quite possibly days. So very briefly, let's come at the story from each of the men in turn. And we begin with Philip. According to the Gospel of John, where he's quite a significant character in the story, Philip is a man from Galilee who is one of the first who choose to follow Jesus. And as soon as he decides to follow Jesus, he goes and finds his friend Nathaniel and says, come and see, could this be the one we're looking for? It seems that Philip is a natural evangelist, even though the word didn't exist back then. So perhaps it's not too much of a surprise that after Jesus' death and resurrection, and as persecution begins, Philip goes to Samaria, one of the places that Jesus suggested they should go, and he lives there. And he begins to work among the people who live there. And he's so convincing in the stories he tells that lots of people start to believe in Jesus. In fact, so many people start to believe in Jesus that he actually gets Peter and John to come to Samaria and help him. Amazingly gifted man, it appears. And we join the story when an angel, a messenger from God, comes to Philip and says, I want you to set off on a journey. Go down to the desert road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, Samaria is quite a big place, and we don't know quite where he was, but he had to set off from Samaria and get down to that road. 
And it was certainly a long journey. And I reckon it would probably have taken him at least two days to get down there. And as he walked, I wonder what he was thinking about. Why, why is God telling me to go here? What's this all about? I've got plenty to do here in, in Samaria. But he goes. Now let's look at the other man's story. This is a man of colour. A man who has most probably been castrated, may have been born that way, but probably has been castrated, and who is in the employ of a powerful woman, Queen Candace. He, he works in her treasury, he's got a highly responsible position. But he has been allowed to travel from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to worship. Now, I had to get a map out to try and work out how far that is. It's a very long way. If you were going to do it nowadays, he'd fly. So he, it's a very long journey. He's taken to Jerusalem. And he's spent some time in Jerusalem. And now he's started his way home. He's sitting in the chariot. And as he goes, he has a scroll. And have books in those days. A scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he's reading out loud, apparently. So he's clearly well educated. as a thoughtful man. And he's reading. And he's trying to make sense of it. What does this all mean? We need to remember that this man doesn't have a name. He was a man of colour, so a foreigner, not born into Judaism, and his physical condition meant that he was not allowed to be fully part of the Jewish faith. He could not have been active within, within the synagogue. So he symbolises everything that was outside of Judaism. Yet he has the courage and determination to think this God might actually be a God I want to believe in. So this road from Jerusalem to Gaza apparently is around about 50 miles long. So that, on foot, is probably three days' journey. But somewhere along that road, Philip sees this chariot and he gets this sense, I've really got to go over to that chariot. So he goes, he comes rushing up, and he starts to hear this man reading his scriptures. Now, if it was me, I'd be going, oh, that's interesting. I'll just go up over here. Not Philip. He's straight in there and says, do you, do you know, do you know what, you, what it is you're reading? Do you understand it? And the man says, well, how can I? Unless somebody explains this to me, how is this supposed to make sense? Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear that, a little light bulb goes off in my head, and I think about that very first Easter Sunday, and two people on a journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus who didn't understand. And a stranger came alongside them, which we know is Jesus, and explained it all to them. And then, of course, they were really excited and they rushed back to Jerusalem. Philip explains to this man he's never met before what these scriptures mean, how he understands. He tells him about Jesus. And this must have been a very long conversation. It wasn't five minutes, wasn't ten minutes, it was undoubtedly hours and hours. And little by little it starts to make sense. And the Ethiopian man says, Aha, yeah, I think I understand this now. I want to follow this Jesus. And then somewhere he notices, look, oh, here's some water. Can I be baptised? He says, is there, is there anything to stop me? Does it matter that you don't know my name, that my skin's a different colour, that, that there are things about me that people might seem problematic? 
And Philip clearly says, no, no, it's fine. Now, they didn't get to borrow a church because churches didn't exist. They didn't get to have a special service because special services hadn't happened. There were no friends and family with them. But it was a really important moment. So important that when the stories were being recorded by Luke and others, it was remembered and written down. But it was a moment. And after that moment, the Ethiopian carried on home. Was he the first missionary into Africa? Don't know. And Philip finds himself at a place called Azotus, heading north up the coast. We won't go into quite all what that means. He suddenly got zapped up there. But he suddenly finds, this is where I am, and he carries on going up north, sharing the good news along his way. But you see, their stories part. They came together, and then they went on their own ways. But they carried with them in their hearts the memory of that day. Today, for us, is a moment every bit as significant as that one. We find ourselves drawn together to share with Bethany and Nasi in a very special moment. Each of these women has her own story as how she came to this moment. And these stories are beautiful and precious and fragile and to be treated with care. They are entrusted us to us as a gift. And so we pray and we share and we care. And in a few minutes, Bethany and Nasi will be baptised, a public symbolism of their faith in Jesus and their desire to be part of his human family, the church. But, you know, this is only going to be another half an hour or so, and then we'll have a cup of tea, and then we'll go home, and it will become a memory, a precious memory, but a memory. But you see, I think there is a mystery at work here, because each one of us is fully present in this moment and carries it with us in our heart. All of our journeys meet together today, and all of our journeys from today are shaped in some tiny weeny way by what we've shared. One of our baptismal customs at Hillhead, and in fact many Baptist churches, is to invite those who are going to be baptised to choose hymns or songs that are significant for them. And Bethany and Nasi have each chosen hymns and songs for us that express for us something of this mystery that God is present with us in this moment, in this place. But also that we together share a journey as pilgrims and companions, as followers of Jesus, sharing the highlights, and today is a highlight, but it's for me anyway, and the struggles along the way. So Bethany and Nasi, I want to thank you for bringing us to this moment. I want to thank God for you. I want to thank you and I want to thank God for your openness to respond to Christ's call and for this moment that we're going to share together. And so we're going to sing the hymn that Bethany has chosen for us. Brother, sister, let me serve you.
So now I'm going to invite Bethany and Nasi to come and share with us the words they prepared. So I am just going to read it from here, just because I find it easier, so I'm a bit nervous. So. As most of you know, I was born and raised in a Christian family, and I've been coming to this special community of Hillhead since I was born. I've never doubted my belief in God, however I knew that my relationship with him had to be personal. It needed to be more than part of a Sunday morning routine and instead become something truly personal and importantly something that was my choice. This personal relationship came to me in the form of God knowing, listening and accepting me as I entered my teenage years for university and to now. I knew I could turn to God when I was worried or anxious and I took great comfort in knowing I could pray without judgment as he truly knew me. I am thankful for this relationship as it has allowed me to learn and reflect on the teachings of Jesus, which has guided me to live my life with the values and actions that make me strive to be the best version of myself. Alongside gaining this personal relationship with God, it began to feel important to be baptised to continue to be part of this church community in a way that is positive and fulfilling. This came to me during our meetings with Katrina, whose words were, and always are, so encouraging and enlightening. I love being part of Hillhead and I feel so lucky to have grown up surrounded by people who cared so much about me, asked how I was getting on, how my exams went, and even tried to understand what presence has to do with a geography degree. <laughs> but the support I have felt from everyone at Hillhead and my family makes me confident in promising a life of God, as if a life following God can guide me to be as special as people here, and I can think of nothing better. I believe now is the right time to be baptised. I can't live my life alone. It feels essential to live it with God, with all of you, and with the love it deserves. The words we sang in the hymn are the words I hear from God, and I feel now I can truly say them back to him, and to all those who lovingly surround me as I make this promise through baptism. I will weep when you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. I will share your joy and sorrow till we've seen this journey through. Amen. Peter 3.21 And this water symbolized baptism that now save you also not, to remo not the removal of the dirt from the body, but the pledge of clear consci conscience to our God. It saved you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now you have opened your arms to me. And in these moments, the happiest and warmest heart is mine. I come to you, my Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise him, all you people. His love for us is strong and his Faithfulness is eternal. Praise the Lord. Thank you all. You, you are in my baptism. So we're now going to sing the song that Nasi has chosen for us. Be still for the presence of the Lord. The Holy One is here. And perhaps we'll stay seated as this is a fairly quiet song.
Please be seated. Well, Stephen, it's spot on to the black line. You've got your timing perfect. Um, we have a black line around the baptistry and we're just going to turn off the water uh, so it's not still coming in. I've actually quite enjoyed hearing the sound of running water. I hope it's not been too um, effective in other ways for other people, but it's been lovely just to have a sense that this is, if not living water, at least it's water that has some life in it. So what's going to happen now is we just do a little bit of a shuffle of microphones and cameras and I will go round to the baptistry and I will invite Bethany and Nancy and those who are assisting in various ways to take their positions. So if you want to come up the side, um, there. And if towel holders would like to wait on the slope, that would be fantastic. Uh, Paul's going to shift the microphone and Leo's going to sort cameras. Jesus commanded his followers to go and make disciples of all people everywhere and to baptise them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We have heard from our friends how their own journey of discipleship has brought them to the point where they make a public profession of faith in Christ and follow him through the waters of baptism. This is no small undertaking and we who share in the celebration are also called to share in the support and encouragement as they continue to grow in faith and in grace. It's nice and warm, girls, you'll be fine. <laughs> Always good to know. 
So, um, Edith, if you'd like to join me, uh, Edith is assisting for Bethany's baptism. to come and stand in between us. <clears throat> Bethany, you have come to baptism and so I ask you these questions. Do you believe and trust in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit? And do you accept Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord? I do. Do you turn from sin, renounce evil, and seek to follow Christ? I do. Will you live within the fellowship of the church, and will you serve Jesus Christ in the world? I will. Is it then your desire that you be baptised? It is. Then, Bethany, upon your profession of faith, and at your own request, we baptise you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Would you like to come and join me and then Nancy? Nasi, you have come to baptism, and so I ask you these questions. Do you believe and trust in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And do you accept Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord? I do. Do you turn from sin, renounce evil, and seek to follow Christ? I do. Will you live within the fellowship of the Church, and will you serve Jesus Christ in the world? I will. Is it then your desire that you be baptised? It is. Then, Nasi, upon your profession of faith and at your own request, we baptise you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
So we're going to sing a hymn of commitment, O Jesus, I have promised.
And now a short prayer, especially for Bethany and Nasi, but for all of us. Living and gracious God, you have called Bethany and Nasi to be disciples of Jesus Christ and citizens of your kingdom. Pour out your spirit that they may be empowered for service and strengthened for witness. In good times and difficult times, may they be assured of your presence. When faith is easy and discipleship is rewarding, give them energy. When questions abound and the life of service is dreary, give them tenacity. In health or sickness, poverty or wealth, may they always be assured of your loving acceptance and accompanying. Always and everywhere, lavish upon them your gifts of grace so that they may live to serve and praise you and grow into the likeness of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. blessing from God as we end our service. And now may the invisible God remain with us as we go our separate ways. May the gentle spirit of God give us peace, courage, hope and love. And may Jesus Christ walk with us every step of the way now and always. Amen. Amen.